0: It is time for your favorite Android podcast from the crew of blindandroidusers.com. Kick back and enjoy another fine episode from these Google fanboys as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here are your hosts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 56 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Today is January 1, 2022, and we are so excited to be coming your way again via this medium. It's a beautiful day here, most especially coming to you from the state of Washington. I have a couple friends with me, absolutely wonderful friends. I got Fee from the blessed UK. I have Hello. There you go. Now you hear that beautiful voice. And I have Austin from Steamy Mumbai. I should be barbecuing up there. Come on, bro. What's up?
1: Hi, everyone. No, Mumbai is not Steamy. Mumbai is uh, (laughs) cooling down. It's cooled a lot now.
0: Great. Welcome to the podcast, guys. In our podcast today, we'll be talking about The announcements, which uh, Austin will be bringing us those announcements. And then we'll be talking about the spotlight area when we'll be talking about phones, what phones we need now that we're in 2022. We'll reflect on 2021, some of the best technologies or best phones in the mid-range segment and in the flagship and below mid-range segments. And then we'll talk about other things thereafter, including my highlights from TalkBack. Austin, of course, will be bringing us some very important things. We'll be talking about part of that in our announcements area. But in our tip of the week, Austin is going to be talking to us about how to recover your site or YouTube site if it gets hacked. And also talk to us about how to do the Google takeout so that you have a backup of your data in case something happens to you like what happened to us. And Sophie, Let's get this thing rolling before Austin tells us about announcements.
2: Okay, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, I'm in West London. It's uh, going dark now, but uh, it's been sort of cloudy and grey, but quite mild. So I was in the garden last night on New Year's Eve into New Year's Day watching the neighbours' fireworks. So I got a free firework display. And the recording you're going to hear was recorded on my Samsung Galaxy S20 FE, which has fabulous stereo microphones built into the phone. I used an app called HiQ MP3 Recorder. Um, There is a free version, but it limits your length of time to record. So I bought the app and it's a brilliant app, highly recommended, because you can change the recording level so that it's not too loud. Um, fantastic, so I hope you enjoy those
0: Austin, uh, get us going, my man. What do we have up in our announcement segment?
1: In our announcement section, we don't have anything much, but it has been like the last week has been very rough for the entire podcast team. Our YouTube channel got hacked on 28th of uh, December. In spite of having two-factor authentication, they could manage to bypass it. I don't know how they did that. And I am going to talk more about that in the tip of the week. Also, Ed is not with us today. He's in the, He was in the ICU for three days, and now he's recovering from some medical issues. So that is all from the announcement section.
0: And I do want to add here that our prayers are with Ed, and if you guys are listening to us, Keep Ed in your prayer. We're thankful that he's recovering, and I'm optimistic that maybe in a week or two, Ed is going to be back with us here, driving that podcast. We now move on to our spotlight segment, and this is where we talk about the year 2021. Some of the best phones that we had, especially in the flagship area, also in the mid-range and below the mid-range area. This is phone time. Austin, what would you think are some of the phones that were great phones for 2021, be it in the mid-range, below mid-range, or the flagship?
1: So in 2021, at least in India, if you go to see, we have at least a phone launching one or two launches in a week. I was just seeing a YouTube channel, one of the cited Tech's YouTube channel. They had 150 unboxings, in a year of all Indian OEM phones. So there are so many devices launching in India. I think uh, one of the phone is the Pixel, the the 6 or the 6 Pro. Unfortunately, it didn't come to India, but it was a good phone. The Samsung lineup of the 4s and flips was another good phone. And OPPO is going to, is already come with an OPPO Find N, which is like under 50,000 rupees in India which is a foldable phone. So they're going to see a lot of foldable phones in the next next year in this year. So that's what I was going to say.
0: It's really interesting. You know, you guys in India, I think you have more phones than anyone can shake a stick at. I um, always said, gosh, I wish I was in India or something like that. And I'll be able to, <laughs> I don't know how many phones are going to be under my bed, but it's absolutely beautiful that you guys have all sorts of phones coming your way. And it, like you said, every week or thereabout, or maybe twice a week, there's this uh, new phone appearing in India. Uh, we're not that fortunate here in the US. Basically, we don't have that blessedness of having, you know, phones every week. We basically have maybe two or three manufacturers that we look forward to, and it's not on a constant basis like you guys have. And I do want to add that definitely when it comes to phones, I think that the kings of 2021 in the flagship area, you know, I think of course the Samsung Galaxy S21 Ultra would be one of those that's taking the crown there alongside with the Google phone, the Pixel Pro, and the Pixel 6. These are absolutely most beautifully built phones that I've ever seen in in quite a spell. So I am so excited to see that happening with Google, and I am excited about it because I got one that I returned because I wanted the 512 version, which I'm still pining for. And finally, I got my order in. And that thing, according to Google, may not be here till toward the end of this month. So whatever the case is, I'm waiting for my 512 gig version of the Pixel Pro. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's a beautifully crafted phone. Um, the only difference between that and the 6, though, is that the back doesn't have the victus glass like the pixel pro has and so that may be one of the differences and then also the camera where there's a triple camera on the back of the pixel 6 pro to the two that come on the regular pixel but the good thing is that they're both you know using the same software and that's what i like about pixel phones and unlike other years though this year though the pixel Six. It's not a little phone. You know, I wish that Google had uh, made them the same like they used to be and give us a smaller Pixel for those who prefer that. But uh, this year, not quite so. So I like that. Another phone that I like to talk about is the Pixel 5a, and it's absolutely a beautiful phone. I have that phone, and it's currently my main driver. It's a wonderful phone for $449.00. Uh, if you can afford the Pixel 6, I should say, get that phone because it's absolutely beautiful in every single way. Uh, Fee, what phones stand out to you for 2021, whether it's in the mid-range, below mid-range, or the flagship?
2: Um, I'd say, yeah, definitely the, the Samsungs and the Pixels. Yeah. Um, I didn't buy it because I bought my new phone a couple of months, two or three months ago. Uh, and I didn't buy the very latest. I, I really like my Samsung Galaxy S twenty FE, and the reason I didn't go for a, a twenty one, even the S twenty one, even though it's um, you know newer, is because it annoyed me because there's no memory card slot. Um, so I really like my S twenty FE, and I think maybe the S twenty one Ultra has a memory card slot, possibly, but I can't. That's too much money um i think the
0: they took the sd card, uh, card out of the s21 ultra in um, the ultra as well yeah it was oh. the uh, ultra 2020 that has the sd card slot okay
2: so in yeah. 2022 i want to see more phones that give you an sd slot again um i think another really interesting thing was the there was a new fair phone that came out The trouble with the Fairphone is I think it's a fantastic idea that the fact that you can replace various parts if they go wrong or, or, you know, you need a new battery or something. Unfortunately, because it's quite a small company and they're not making in bulk and they don't have the money behind them that Google or Samsung have, for what you pay, you don't actually get that good of phone. But it's a real shame because I really like the the sustainability um, of that, you know, being, especially being able to replace the battery. I don't know why you can't do that with more phones. It's stupid. Um, So what I'd like to see in my dream 2022 uh, Android phone, um, phonescape is that thing? It is now. Um, I'd like to see phones where you can replace the battery if it starts to need, you know, More charges more often and stuff. Um, I'd like to see phones with a physical keyboard for people who want that. And I'd like to see phones over the biggest wish I have that might be more attainable is more phones with a memory card slot that are decent phones, not just like a cheap Nokia or something that you think, oh, that looks great, and then you try it out and go, it's really slow and annoying with talkback. Um, I'd like to see Samsung bringing back their their um, memory card slots. I don't know why they took those away. That was stupid. Um, because the cloud is only as good as your internet. So exactly. if your internet's playing up, you're in a mess, you know, or like if I'm going on the underground and I'm reading an audio book, I don't want to be streaming that because every time I go in a tunnel or or, or if I'm going through central London where it's all underground, um, that's no use really. So um, I do like to have my things on my on my phone or my memory card and the memory card's are a lot cheaper um, than buying a, a higher memory phone usually, isn't it? Um, you can get, I think, a two hundred and fifty-six gig card for what twenty-five, twenty-six pounds, something like that. I, that I may not. I'm slightly, especially not when it's make, on sale. I might sale. be making yeah. that up slightly.
0: No, no, no. You're not. Running. You're not making it up. Um, I mean, here in the US, you know, on Amazon, you see those things for like twenty-five dollars or whatever. Yeah. When especially when they're on sale. So. But, uh, yeah, and, but
2: if you wanted a phone, say you know with an extra 256 gig you wouldn't pay that would you it'd be a lot more
0: cheaper than going a lot more it'd be a lot more expensive
2: yeah for it'd be a lot more expensive for the phone if you wanted a phone with more storage on board so we, we need the memory card slots we need them back
0: You know, Um, it's interesting you talk about that, though, because it wasn't too long ago, I think maybe a couple of months or so ago, I don't remember exactly, we had like a cloud failure, you know, where people couldn't access like the Amazon stuff. And Amazon is huge in the cloud business. Yes, And so that goes to prove this idea that absolutely we need the SD card. And um, it's all about the money. You know, the companies want to be able to have that monthly money flow, you know, coming in from the subscription of the cloud and all of that versus the one-time payment that you probably purchased on SD Card and you're not coming back for quite a spell, you know, maybe a couple years, three years, or who knows. And so they're doing this because they want to have that cash flow. And do you blame them? You know, we live in such a world yes. that, you know, everyone <laughs> wants to make all that moolah that they can and become this uh, $1 trillion, you know, corporation and all of that. So I don't blame them. I, they know exactly what they're doing.
2: I thing is, I it might not just be you know I, I might be a bit paranoid possibly, but it might not just be the money. It might be you know the qu- kind of data harvesting going on there as well. Um, so if you're putting That's your stuff on your memory card, no one's harvesting that because it's on your memory card. I mean, I guess if you've got an Android phone. There's going to be data harvesting anyway because Google runs Android. You know, you you kind of sign up for that if you get an Android phone. But yeah,
0: although, do you you want to give
2: your data to other people as well? (laughs) Uh, I don't really.
0: Yeah, I think that Google now is doing some focus, uh, privacy focused things of late. And I, uh, let's give credit to where credit is due. In the past, it was free for the taking, you know, so to speak, because, uh, especially, you know, app developers, you know, took advantage of that and abused the, situ- uh, the situation. Uh, but now Google is restricting all of that. And I'm thinking though that, you know, come Android, tr- uh, 13, we're actually even going to even have some more of that control um, I like what I'm seeing with Android 12 so you in you know uh, you couple that with what you have with a phone that has an SD card and you know no file manager or no file or app could access that without you granting it that permission I think it's a win-win situation for everybody. And you know I'm a big you know proponent of uh, you know bringing the SD card back, and I know some of my friends think I'm cuckoo uh, for thinking so, but you know, I'm not sure that it's a good idea not to give people that option, give people that option at least like what Samsung was doing prior till now. Uh, Samsung, if you're hearing me, You need to make up your mind. All this, you know, back and forth and back and forth like a girl and a boy. We fall apart. We come back. We fall apart. Come on, man. Give me a break. Uh, (laughs) I want to know we're either gone from each other. we're not gone from each other. But one moment we have the SD card and the next moment we don't have the SD card. And then, oh, we're just going to keep it in the mid-range phones or in the below mid-range phone segment. Uh, Come on, people with the flagship phones, I think they too want to be able to have access to an SD card. So bring that baby home, shall we?
2: Definitely, I agree with that. And also, you know, if someone's not bothered about having an SD card, just don't have one, you know,
1: it's not very difficult. (laughs) But I don't think unfortunately, I don't think unfortunately phones will come with SD card slots because there is a rumor that Apple is removing SIM card slots from iPhone 14 or 15. They are only going to make it an eSIM version. So whatever Apple does, everyone copies. So I think that SD card is gone forever and we may lose the SIM card slot also next.
2: That annoys me. Why does everyone copy <laughs> Apple? Like, as if like a lot of people get Android because it's not Apple. That's kind of
1: the point, so, you know.
0: And to be honest, though, I, I haven't been using a regular SIM card since 2018 um, when I started with the Pixel Three, and so I actually like the eSIM um, idea. But then it also comes in handy if one has. Physical SIM card because if I travel to another place, I still have my phone back home here with my Google Fi uh, carrier, and then I could just dump in another SIM card from another country. And then I have two SIM cards automatically, and I like that idea. But if we go to where we don't have a SIM slot at all, then what do you do? with this idea of the dual SIM cards, and a lot of countries use that. I know that here in the U.S. is seldom any of us uses uh, dual SIM phones, but around the world people use that. So I'm not sure how this is going to pan out with countries where people rely on multiple SIMs uh, to get their businesses going.
2: Yeah, or so if I you have, put- I mean, I know someone with a, um, someone living um, in France who has a French phone and an English phone. I mean, if you had a dual SIM, you could just have both the SIMs in the same phone, couldn't you? So that would be handy. So if my phone breaks at the moment and I have to send it off or something, I've got another phone. I can just stick my SIM in it. If your phone breaks and you're using an eSIM, how do you, what do you do?
0: Yeah, well, here's how eSIM cards work. Um, so like... Let me use myself, for example. Say my Pixel 6 gets here. And I set it up and I choose to activate my eSIM. And once I put in my account, um, it will say, we notice that you already have this SIM on your Pixel 5a phone. Would you like to transfer that to this? And I say, yes. And that's it. And my 5a becomes SIMless. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's how it works.
2: if you um, if you'd had it say in an Apple phone before, you know, going imagining say it's next year, how would you start the process? Because obviously it wouldn't say we noticed this because it's a different ecosystem. No, um,
0: it would do. Is there a
2: website you could go on or something? Or
0: because it's tied to your phone number. Oh, I see. You type in the phone number. So it Ah. knows that that number has been activated on another uh, phone and would you like to move it to this other phone? Okay. And therefore you said yes and it gets moved to this new phone and the old phone becomes a seamless dead phone. You can use the SIM card in that one. So you can still use it
2: works. for wireless and stuff
0: like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, of course, yeah, you use it for SIM. anything. I mean, you can uh, put in a physical SIM in there if you want. Mm. Or if yeah. you can, if you have a sharing plan going on, you can activate it on both. But if not, mm. you can choose to only have it on one. So I like the idea of the eSIM um, capability and all of that. But my concern is about people around the the world that rely on dual SIM cards and all of that. And so if you take that away, unless, of course, if we have the capability of having two, you know, eSIM virtual SIMs, you know, in the phone, then that will be great. But other than that, we better think this thing carefully because Apple Apple doesn't have, you know, dual SIM cards. So if Android does that uh, stupidity and follows Apple, (laughs) they'll be going down the wrong path. All right, let's talk about what phones should a blind person look at. You know, what are the pitfalls to avoid when you're looking for a phone? Now, we're jumping into, you know, 2022. We're already in 2022, I should say. And so you're looking for a phone. What would be our advice for those that are just starting out wanting to get a phone or for someone who's had a phone before, want something better and, then what shall we tell them to look for and things to avoid?
2: Well, I'd say if you can, go for, personally, I'd say a Samsung but or, a, or a Google Pixel because those phones support the um, multiple finger talkback gestures. And that's really, really handy. Um, my favorite one is to mute and unmute the speech now when I'm using Braille. With my phone with a braille display, um, or if I'm going to record something with high Q MP3 recorder or something like that, and I don't want the speech to say "recording in progress" and all that stuff when I've pressed record. Um, so, but there are other gestures too. Um, I don't know whether the A series Samsung phones support those gestures, but the S series ones certainly certainly do. The other thing to consider is do you want wireless charging or not? Uh, If you do, you want, I I certainly know the Google Pixels and the Samsung S series phones support that, but the A series ones, I don't think they do. And the other thing is if you buy a phone that costs less, I mean, you do get what you pay for. So you might find it's a slower phone and less responsive. And because talkback, because your phone works harder with TalkBack because it has to speak everything as well as showing it on the screen, um, any lagginess and lack of responsiveness is going to be magnified and that could actually make your Android experience really annoying. So it's better to spend a bit more money um, and maybe do that by getting a phone on a contract so that you, you're you paying for it over time rather than all in one go. If, if you need to do that and you can't afford to spend a lump sum on your phone, um, that can be a way of doing it.
0: It's interesting for you that you mentioned that and most especially though, when it comes to that multi-finger gesture support, if you're into that multi-finger gesture support and there are pluses, and minus is it depends on the person using the phone. But if you're someone that likes that idea of being able to, you know, do a double tap or triple tap or whatever and things like that, absolutely you need to get a phone that has at least uh, Android 12. It's running Android 12. Now, what I noticed that is so funny is that some phones, for some reason, whether they have Android 12 or Android 11, actually support that multi-finger gestures, but that is not the norm. And so the advice here would be that one gets a phone that is at least running Android 12. If you're looking for the ability to be able to use the multi-finger gesture support and not a lot of phones have Android 12, But so our advice would be to look for phones, and most especially in Samsung land. Samsung has been doing a fantastic job at keeping its uh, phones updated, even the mid-range phones. And so we're talking about phones ranging between $200 and $300. And so we're talking about mid-rangers here. And sometimes depending on the configuration, like the, the processor and storage and uh, RAM and all of that. It, some of those mid-rangers could run as much as four, or $500 at the most. Um, but so keep an eye on that. You want to look for a phone that has that multi-finger support. So make sure you get a phone that is running Android 12. Now, I know it's not everybody that would have that kind of money because that's a lot of money when you go to other places around the world. $250 is like a lot of moolah, more than you can shake a stick at. And so if you're someone out there in that part of the world that does not have that kind of money, you probably could you know, get by with getting something like... Um, Uh, something from Nokia that would support Android 12. Uh, Some of the new Nokia phones uh, have that capability and would support Android 12. I know the X20, the X50 also just got Android 12. Those ones, uh, having Android 12 will give you that multi-finger gesture support. So Uh, those are things to keep in mind. And I know that Motorola now is supporting a lot of its phones. They've promised that they're going to be bringing the Android 12 to a lot of their phones. And we'll wait and see if that comes through uh, starting in February. That's their timeline. We'll start rolling out Android 12 to a lot of their devices. And we'll see what really happens with Motorola. So if you're going to be getting a motor phone, make sure it's one of those that is in the list of phones that will be getting Android 12. I think I posted that on our email and Telegram groups a little while ago, the list of Motorola phones that would be getting Android 12. And so if I could find it and dig it up and maybe put it in the show notes, we'll also put that in our show notes or link the page that you could find those uh, phones that will be getting Android 12 so you know which one to choose. If you're going in for the Motorola phones, because Motorola phones, let's face it, they have nice clean software and so uh, the only drawback has been the fact that Modo has kind of like altogether given up on giving those things the OS support updates but of late now they say hey they want to do this so I think it's a nice welcome to see uh, Modo or Lenovo um, doing that now.
2: So because I remember a little not that long ago, there was a discussion saying that only, OK, so because before it was only the pixels and the Samsung phones has the, uh, that support these three finger gestures, they've changed that now in Android 12, have they?
0: Yeah, well, initially, the whole idea was that any phone running Android 11 was supposed to be supporting of these multi-finger gestures. But for some reason, things didn't roll out well. It just did not work. And so they bumped it to, okay, now we want to make sure that every phone that supports uh, Android 12 will have that gesture. And that's the reason why we jumped from TalkBack 9.1 to TalkBack 12 so that it's going to be kept in line with the OS uh, line and things like that. And so if you get a phone that's uh, supporting Android 12, then you should be able to use that uh, multi-finger gestures. And I think it was a couple of weeks or so ago, you know, Austin and I were installing a custom ROM The uh, lineage OS on my old Nexus 6 phone, and that's running Android 11. And to my surprise, actually, that thing supports all the most multi-finger gestures that my Pixel phones do. And so, I am absolutely surprised to see that. So, that's another route that one could go through, but not everybody knows how to go about doing that. But that's why we have Austin doing those uh, series on how to roam your phone. So if you have an older phone that needs that love of getting it aligned, so that you'll get Android 11 on it, that will support uh, the multi-finger gestures.
2: Another thing to check if you're blind, if you're like me and you like sound recording, is to find out whether the phone you want to buy has stereo microphones. Um Because there's a lot in reviews about cameras. They never tell you really whether it has stereo microphones or not. And often the way I find out is by some of these review sites, they'll show you a short video they made on the phone and you'll hear in that video does the audio come across in stereo or is it just, you know, all in the middle, mono? Um, But it's not great really that, you know, they, They talk about the cameras in so much detail, but completely neglect to mention. They'll tell you if it's got stereo speakers, but that is not always the same thing. So that's something else to be aware of. Um, Flagship phones tend to have stereo mics, don't they? Like the Pixels and the, um, the Samsung Galaxy S series. I don't know about the A series nowadays. I bought an A40 two or three years ago. And the speaker on it was terrible, and the mic was most definitely mono. But it was quite a nice small phone um, as, a, as a spare extra thing. Um, I don't know on the new A-series phones whether, they, whether or not they have stereo mics. I know they have quite a lot of them have stereo speakers now, but I didn't go for that, that, that one because I wanted a wireless charging phone. So that could be another consideration for people who want to have their phone as a sort of on the go dictaphone because I mean you, most places you go you take your phone with you don't you? So could be quite handy extra.
0: It's a very important um, matter that you just raised that uh, feel because uh, those of us who are blind um, it all depends on what we want to do, but especially those of us who are blind, you know, sometimes we want to hear our audio because we are dependent on audio, most especially if you're using the phone. So you want to have a phone that has a good uh, audio quality. However, if you're not necessarily, if audio really doesn't matter, you know, if bottom firing speaker would be okay. Uh, most phones nowadays do come with stereo and I would, put this out there. I am not going to buy any phone that costs me $300 and higher that does not have stereo speakers. If that phone does not come with stereo speakers and costing me like $300 or more, you can count on it that I am not going to buy that phone. If I'm going to buy a phone that is only monaural then it'll have to cost me less than $200 or 200 down. But anything above that absolutely needs to have stereo speakers. And my thinking is that most phones that come with stereo speakers also have the capability to record in stereo. And the good thing about the app that you mentioned, uh, Fee, that's the HiQ MP3 recorder, would actually allow you to check to see if that phone supports it or not. If you tap on stereo and if it doesn't support it, it will tell you this phone does not support stereo recording. And so that's a quick way to check to see if your phone would support that stereo re- recording or not. I tried that Q mp3 recorder on it and enable the stereo and see what it says very important
1: so my take on this matter is if you're starting out with android do not go for the lowest of the lowest end phones because you will think that oh no android is so bad it's not like ios go for the mid-range or little flagship but not the lowest entry-level nokia that you get Don't, don't go for that another thing is yeah, in India, there are a lot of phones and devices, but every OEM has some of the other problems. So, Realme is some they, they give updates good first year and then they start slacking, they give updates once in two months, three months. Xiaomi has ads on their UI everywhere, so you need to disable them and you can do it, but still, there are problems. And another thing that is the most scariest thing going on is phones are exploding in India. So we had what? like seven, yeah, we had seven to eight one plus not not twos, the not 2, um not the N10 or the, the other ones, but the not 2 explode. We had a realme phone explode in the uh, maybe two days back. So that is uh, another scary thing going on. That's you mean it actually
2: exploded completely yeah.
1: did somebody get Comple- hurt In some cases yeah some cases the phone was damaged i don't that's think it. i want one of those
2: <laughs> wow that's awful
0: yeah but it's not the norm though because i mean it's just because maybe one or two phones exploded or you know 10 phones exploded yeah, does not that's many, mean that honest, it's a trend Warren. <laughs>
2: I don't think you want any phones exploding into you. I don't well, want
0: that, that could exploding. happen to any phone, though, to be honest. Yeah, um, it you could know, happen to any phone. But, in yeah, the but so if you're afraid, probably maybe know which ones have had that. But, you know, generally, most of these phones are good, you know, especially OnePlus puts out a lot of great phones and things like that. Unfortunately, now and then, you know, it, it would happen to any phone. Um, regardless of who the manufacturer is, but uh, it's just one of those things, you know. <laughs> yeah. So but the keep them exploding recording. phones away from your, you know, your body, please.
2: The the the, uh, the fireworks recording I made last night that was definitely fireworks, and no exploding phones were included in that recording. Just to be clear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Phil. That's beautiful. We now move on to the tip of the week, and Austin has a couple things that he's going to be talking about. He's talked about how to recover your uh, hacked account during the announcement section where someone decided to hack our site. If you're that person that hacked our site, you're lower than a snake. Let me put that out there. Uh, Austin is going to be talking about that in more detail and also talking about how to do your Google takeout. Austin, you want to introduce that subject matter? before you show us how to do it and why this is important?
1: So I'm going to first tell you what uh, what you should do immediately after your YouTube account gets hacked. Because what happens is hackers, now what has happened is after this cryptocurrency has come up, the hackers hack your channel, they upload videos regarding cryptocurrency mining apps, trading apps, and all those things. And these are violations of youtube's guidelines they also upload cracks and all but cryptocurrency is high on the topic one thing they do is that the next thing they do is they start a live stream on your channel and they ask for cryptocurrencies from people and they give you they give you their bit bitcoin or whatever wallet ids that you have to pay them they do that and the next thing they do is they just completely change the password and just uh, block your access to your channel. And for all these things, what you should do, I have mentioned in the demo. And then the next section that I'm going to do is how to request your data of all your Gmail account from Google and get it in a nice zip file. You can keep it somewhere safe, local, backup. And so I'm going to plug in my YouTube demo first and then the Google takeout next.
0: And so now here's that demo of Austin showing you what to do when your site gets hacked.
1: So today's, this topic is important for only YouTube creators. If you are not a YouTube creator and would not like to listen to this topic, you can use the chapter markers in YouTube. Or you can, if you're listening to the podcast using a podcatcher app that supports chapter markers, you can use that chapter marker and go to the next topic. Today I'm going to talk about a very important topic that happened to our channel on 28th of December, and that is channel hacking. So what do you do if your YouTube channel gets hacked? And what does hackers do with your channel? We had two-factor authentication enabled. And this is the most shocking part. I don't know how they bypassed the two-factor and they got into the channel. They uploaded about 17 videos on products ranging from cracks to cryptocurrency to everything. And I got the notification that some videos are uploaded. The first thing you need to do is, if you are lucky enough and you still have access to YouTube studio, You need to take all of these videos down before even securing your account because the more time the videos are up, the more chance you have of getting strike. A strike is a violation of YouTube's community guidelines. And uh, sometimes even one strike can get your channel terminated. Sometimes it takes three strikes. So you take the video down as soon as you get notification of such things happening. The next thing you do is, if you have not already, secure your account, change the passwords, log out of all the devices, and all those basic security measures. The next thing you want to do is contact at Team YouTube on Twitter. These people, I don't know, some people complain about YouTube support not responding. Even YouTube on Twitter responds within like half an hour. Sometimes they even respond earlier. So you want to contact them and you want to um, keep your focus attention on the notifications of Twitter because these people respond really fast. They'll ask you questions. Sometimes they may ask you to fill a form and uh, all those things. So you f- do whatever they tell you and your problem should be solved. Check for security activity from time to time and then it should be solved. Supposing the next thing that happened to us was that I started a New, new Year's live loop. I was traveling and I came back And I was just seeing that live loop because I was not on location where the loop was going on, where the play was going on. So I was going to see if it's all okay. If it stopped playing or it's still playing, I was seeing that when I went to that page, it told that the video was removed for violating community guidelines. And our channel was also terminated. So I understood that this was the uh, action of the hacking, even though I've taken the videos down. Now our channel is coming to like, YouTube is now reviewing our content and is taking action. Although we have not violated any guidelines, but still. So what you need to do is you need to, Appeal this decision now. When you're appealing this decision, there is an error. YouTube sends you an email and gives you a link to appeal the decision, but this decision is if your account has been deleted, it's not if your channel has been suspended. So, what you want to do is go to studio.youtube.com and appeal the decision there. That is for your YouTube channel, and again. Contact at Team YouTube on Twitter. They will guide you. I appealed the decision and within about 5 to 10 minutes, 15 minutes at max, we got a reply from YouTube support saying that they have reviewed our channel and the channel is in good standings again and it's back up online. So everything is solved now. Everything is fixed, at least as of now. And uh, the that is the most shocking thing, of how two-factor was bypassed without us getting any OTPs or prompts or anything. Now, if you lose access to your channel, then there are very little things that you can do. But luckily, as I said in my uh, previous session, you can you'll have to contact Team YouTube on Twitter, and they will send you a form. You'll have to fill the form in detail as properly as possible. And then you can get access to your channel if uh, they'll investigate and you can get access to your channel.
0: Thank you so much for that, Austin. Uh, I think it's important that people keep a tap on this and know what to do, because if you don't, you're a creator and whatever, and someone, you know, goes and eats your lunch without your permission, that's no bueno. And so, keep a tap on this and make use of this video. Next, here's Austin now showing you how to go about doing that Google Takeout, backing up your data.
1: As this podcast is a Universal Topics episode for today, we are talking on different topics. I decided I will talk about a very important thing. And this is more important if you are a YouTube creator or if you use Google accounts for some businesses. But even if you are at home, you're a home user, you're not a creator or anything on YouTube, this is very important. It's important if you want to change your email providers. It's important if you want to delete a lot of email, but want to take a backup first. And it's important also if you want to backup your contacts locally, to your computer or have a duplicate backup, I'm going to show you how to order a Google takeout. It's a free thing. It's not a, you don't have to spend anything here, but we have to request them for the zip and um, it takes hours. Sometimes it takes days for the zips to be prepared. It depends on the size. So let us see how to do it. So in order to take out your data, in order to um, request them to give you the zips, you'll have to go to takeout.google.com. The link will be in the show notes. So let's start the procedure.
3: Google Takeout document. Link to button. More options. Button collapse. Google app. Button collapse. Navigate heading level one. Google Takeout. Main landmark your account. Your data. Export a copy of content in your Google account to back it up or use it with a service outside of Google. Create a new export app selected expanded one
1: so this is the first step of the procedure
3: app selected expanded select app selected expanded 49 of 50 selected
1: so these are all the products for which google lets you export data and i will go through the list and wherever i find that i need to comment on something i will comment on them
3: select access log activity checkbox not checked
1: so you can select whatever you want what you don't want here um, this will give you your entire accounts data. Um, if you select all the products, so you can select. I'm going to select everything.
3: Checked. Select Android device configuration service, checkbox checked. Select arts and culture, checkbox checked.
1: If you don't have an Android phone, you can still do this. So it's not required that you should have an Android phone, or you should have. You should, it's not required that even if you. Even if you don't have a smartphone, you can do this. You can do it on your Windows computer. You can do it on your Android phone. But since I'm recording on Windows, I decided to show it to you on Windows.
3: Select and select arts and culture, checkbox checked. Select logger, checkbox checked. Select calendar, checkbox checked. Select Chrome, checkbox checked.
1: Now I will comment a little bit more. Select classroom,
3: checkbox checked. Select Cloud Print, checkbox checked. Select contacts, checkbox checked.
1: Now, there are checkboxes and I'm moving to them by hitting the X key. But under those checkboxes, you can select the format for each product that you want. If you know which format, uh, the program that you're going to import it into or the service that you're going to import it into supports, you can change the format. So let me change the format of the contacts to CSV.
3: Contacts option button OK. Button ca- for importing list collapse contacts. List collapse clickable V card. List collapsed V card 2 of 2. CSV not select. CSV 1 of 4. Contacts. Edit file formats. Choose specific f- edit for contacts. List collapse clickable CSV. List collapse clickable. For importing to M. Button cancel. Button OK. Dialog contacts options. Main landmark CSV format button. Select contacts checkbox checked.
1: So like this, you can select the format for each and every product. Select
3: crisis user reports checkbox checked. Select data share for research checkbox checked.
1: Some of these products, even if you don't use them, they'll be listed, but they they won't have any data in them. So you can if you know what you're using, what you don't use, you can select what the ones that you want, you can deselect the ones that you don't want.
3: Select drive checkbox checked, select fit checkbox checked, select Google account checkbox checked.
1: So everything is selected i'm not going to go through this list but i'm going to show you what youtube creators can do next
3: html format button.
1: um i have to hit the b key multiple times because this will give me the formats for each and every products
3: multiple for- um, no next button
1: so if you're a youtube creator and if this is the account that you use for your youtube channel it is very important.
3: Select YouTube, YouTube music checkbox checked.
1: That you have this selected, YouTube and YouTube music.
3: Button multiple formats.
1: And you go here.
3: YouTube, YouTube music button OK. Button your music the community posts list on the community f- list live com list com playlist lists of your list history. heading level one YouTube, YouTube choose specific for edit file formats video media list on available collapsed clickable original format slash mp4.
1: Some of these formats will be unavailable if you are not a YouTube creator. And this account that I'm showing you on is not a YouTube creator account.
3: Videos that you've uploaded. Either your originally up video metadata. List unavailable collapsed clickable JSON.
1: That's why it's showing unavailable.
3: Information about your videos, such as titles and descriptions. A machine readable format. History. List collapsed clickable HTML. Your watch and search history from YouTube. Separate HTML files for your watch and search history. Subscriptions. List unavailable collapsed clickable CSV. Your channel subscriptions. Playlists. List unavailable collapsed clickable JSON playlists that you've created a machine readable format comments list unavailable collapse clickable HTML comments that you've created live chats list unavailable collapse clickable HTML live chats that you've created community posts list unavailable kill co- community posts community posts, list unavailable collapse clickable original format images included stories list unavailable collapse clickable HTML stories that you music library songs list unavailable collapse list of all this music upload list unavailable collapse clickable original format uploaded music that you've u- your originally uploaded audio button cancel button okay
1: so you select okay here
3: google youtube youtube music option button. all youtube data button next step
1: and you hit on the next step the youtube thing is the last in the list so you hit the next step
3: to choose file type frequency and destination app selected expand to now agree. this is very
1: important
3: app selected expand delivery method list collapses clickable send download link via email
1: you can uh, be once your data is re- ready to be downloaded they will email you the links to download your data. When
3: your files are ready, you'll get an email with a down Download your files. Frequency. Radio button checked export once.
1: So you can select the frequency that you want this export to run, whether you want only one time. One
3: export. Radio button not checked export every two months for one year. Every
1: two months for one Six year. 6
3: export file type and size. List collapse clickable zip.
1: Now this is very important. You select your file type and size. Let's see what are the options List collapsed
3: here. List zip one of tgz not selected two of two.
1: Dot so .zip, dot zip, two, and zip dot .tgz, I would suggest if you are using Windows especially Windows 10, Windows 11, I think even Windows 8 does it, but uh, at least Windows 10 and 11 do. You select the zip format because directly Files Explorer can open the zip file, but if you select tgz, you will require a program called 7zip or Winrar or something.
3: List collapse clickable zip files can be a list clickable 2gb
1: now here you select the file size so what google does is when your data is ready they split the zips into part part one of six part two of six so how many parts how much our data is in your account that many parts the zip will be in and you can select the file size according to your bandwidth so, Let's if collect. you want less parts, then you select 4GB,
3: GB. not 50GB, not, not selected five five. 50 gb five.
1: So, I'm selecting 50GB. Uh, this this causes a big file size but less parts, and it's not uh, required that you download the data as you get an email. You'll have a week to do this, so you can download it. As for your bandwidth, if you have a limited bandwidth, you can download only 2 GB a day. And if you have, like, let's say, 14 files or 14 GB, then you can download 2 GB every day. So seven files. If you have seven files, you can download 2 GB every day and download your data. List
3: collapsed clickable exports larger than this size will be split into multiple files. ZIP files larger than 2 GB will be compressed in ZIP 64. Older operating systems may not be able to.
1: Yeah, so if you are using an older operating system, it may not support ZIP 64. At least Windows uh, 10 and 11 supports. So open that's this file format
3: button. Create export.
1: And you hit the create export.
3: Export progress tab selected. expanded three of three.
1: Now you are taken to step three, and you don't have to do anything here. You have to close this page because Google is
3: creating a copy of files from 50 products. This process can take a long time, possibly hours or days to complete. You will receive an email when your export is done. Button cancel export, link create another.
1: You can cancel an export, you can create another export and this will take a long time. This, uh, once it took me two days to get my data. So it's a long procedure if you have more data, especially. So if you have less data, you I've even seen uh, if I select just one product let's say, contacts, I've even seen them email me the data in minutes. So it's either long or short.
0: Thanks, Asin. That's beautiful. And by the way, you know, we did take out ours, didn't we? I I sat down here taking out a big 250 gig
1: data. Yeah, we we, we took out our entire (laughs) video library. So we have a backup of the whole library just in case something happens.
0: Exactly. So we're not going to leave you guys out there in the cold. Should some knucklehead somewhere out there, thinks he or she would like to come and destroy the work we've worked so hard for, we have a backup of that. So if you are listening, pay attention. Don't do that. You're lower than a snake.
2: I I think it's a shame that Google takeout just means a backup, though, because I thought Google were going to bring me my dinner. Because a takeout in America is a, is a delivered uh, dinner, isn't it? Like a takeaway in this country.
0: Exactly. It's a takeout. When I'm going for a takeout, I'm taking something out. But, you know, for a pretty girl like you, I think they might. Come on. You think not? so?
2: Yeah, think I think would? so. Do you think they yeah. come all the way from America? And no, like we dinner?
0: have we have representatives out there in the they UK. Will,
1: they, will, they, <laughs> they will compress your dinner in a zip file and to you
0: Dinner in a zip file. A dinner compression, and you know, <laughs> here's here's your steak, Compress ma'am. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well i like curry i like th- i like indian curry and i like thai curry oh so gosh. if i had a curry and they compressed that it would just be kind of squash wouldn't it It's all
0: kind of bland you know bland and not taking uh, not tasting good <laughs> i'm not sure but if
2: if they had a if they had a zip on it as the as the means of compression you know an actual zip like you have on a coat then when you unzip it, you'd have to be really careful, wouldn't you, if it was compressed, because it would all go <laughs> all over the
0: place when you unzip. And that would be an exploding dinner, wouldn't it be? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <you
2: know? laughs> <laughs> 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 I love That'd it. That'd be man. quite messy. <laughs>
0: I I'd always wish you know we could have things like that you know, uh, but who knows you know maybe they'll find a way to do that. They'll find a way yeah. to do that, you know you, you know. you never know, you know, things with technology, who knows. It's things that we thought would be impossible years ago. Look at you and I here sitting here today enjoying it. Uh, yeah, in especially. different countries. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Maybe in 10 years' time you can 3D print your takeout or something.
0: Exactly. And I hope that but I'm not But I don't know how they plastic. do the
2: spices or anything. I'm not sure how they would do that. But uh, you never know.
0: I think they'll figure out a way to do that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think that 3D printing may be the solution to sending you that uh, takeout. Yeah. (laughs) All right. And up next is my highlights from TalkBack. We continue now with our theme of highlights from TalkBack, and this is installment 19. Last week, in installment 18, we talked about the gestures, the first item in the one-finger gestures. Today, I'll be looking at the second and third gestures. I am sitting on my home screen and will now activate the TalkBack menu by tapping with three fingers. I'm doing this on my Pixel 5a, running Android 12 and TalkBack 12.1. I am using, by the way, for speech services the Google Speech Services. I'll now tap with three fingers to activate that TalkBack menu and go tap on the TalkBack Settings and continue from there. TalkBack menu. Actions in list. We are in the TalkBack menu. I will now find my way down and tap on TalkBack Settings.
4: Text TalkBack Settings. TalkBack Settings. Navigate up, button out of list.
0: I am in the talkback settings, and the next thing I would like to find and tap on would be the customized gestures. I will scroll up, or rather scroll down, by putting my two fingers down in the middle of the phone. And that's how you scroll up and move your fingers upward, like you're slowly brushing something off. But with your fingers held down. Showing
4: items 3 to 15 of 15. Customized gestures.
0: There it is.
4: Customized gestures. Navigate up, button, out of list.
0: So here we've got.
4: Swipe up, move navigation focus backward, or adjust reading control up.
0: That's the one we talked about last week. The one below that would be.
4: Swipe down, move navigation focus forward, or adjust reading control down.
0: And so basically it's the opposite of what we saw last week. But so I would like to move to the next one. And this is the one that talks about swiping left.
4: Swipe left.
0: Previous item. So what does this do? This is an item that if you swipe left, I am sitting here on this item that says swipe. I am. I am swipe. I am sitting on an item that says swipe left to move to the previous item. In other words, if I swipe left, from the middle of the phone that would move me back to where it says swipe down. Watch.
4: Swipe down, move navigation focus forward or adjust reading control down.
0: And if I swipe left again.
4: Swipe up, move navigation focus backward or adjust reading control up.
0: You see what that does is moving me back to the previous item.
4: One finger, heading.
0: So now it moves me back to the one finger heading. So this gesture comes in handy whether you're doing something on the internet or you're doing something on your home screen or in some app and all of that. So if you're within buttons and you swipe left, it moves you to the previous button. Or if you're playing music, you swipe left, it moves you to the previous buttons and things like that. And this is for swiping purposes. And that will be our Talkback Highlight Entry for this week. And since in our spotlight segment, we talk about the phones, I thought it would be most appropriate to talk about an app of the week called Race to Answer. And so here's a little demo of a very simplistic app called Race to Answer. In our app of the week, I'm demonstrating an app called Race to Answer. It's by a developer called Sylvia Van. Let's see what the about says.
4: About this app, heading raise to answer details simply hold your phone to your ear to answer an incoming call when the app detects the phone is near your ear during an incoming call it will beat five times and then answer the call no ads no unnecessary permissions and no unnecessary battery drain easy to enable and disable doesn't replace your incoming call screen so you don't need to learn anything new this app is open source the source code is available on HTTPS colon slash slash github.com slash thelastproject slash answer.
0: And that's the about of the Race to Answer app. I will now go ahead and go back and tap on the install. It's very simplistic. There's no frills about it. Just a beautiful app.
4: Install button. Showing items 1 to 7 of 17.
0: I am installing the app, and once it finishes installing, I'll tap on the open, and let's go from there. I do believe that by now it has finished installing, and I'll put my finger down, find, and tap on the open button.
4: Open button. Allow raise to answer to make and manage phone calls. Allow button.
0: Of course, if you don't allow it, it's not going to detect when an incoming call comes in. So it's natural that you should be able to allow it to manage phone calls. So I'm going to tap on Allow.
4: Raise to answer. More options. Button.
0: We are now in the menu UI of the app, and I'm going to put my finger down to see if we have any information here besides the more options that my talkback is focused on. I'll put my finger down near the top and go from there.
4: Raise to answer.
0: Okay, And I'm going to tell it to read from here by triple tapping with two fingers.
4: More options. Button. Raise to answer. Answering calls. Answer by holding your phone to your ear. Checked. Answer at any angle. Declining calls. Decline by putting your phone down screen first. Other settings beep on incoming calls checked vibrate on incoming calls
0: so by default the ones that i checked would be the beep to answer and put up against your ear to answer you could also check the one that says if i flip the phone then decline the call or check the ones that says when i put it up against my ear before it answers vibrate so you Choose the one that you want, but these are the two that are checked by default. Let's look at the more options and see what we have in the more options.
4: More options button.
0: That's, by the way, found near the top right corner.
4: Pop up window. Enable test mode in list.
0: So, tapping on more options, we have an item that says, enable test mode. In other words, you want to test to see if this thing actually would work before you go into the real world. And below that, we have another item, and that would be the
4: privacy policy.
0: And that's all that you have in the more options. Now move my finger back up and tap on the enable test mode so that we could give it a test.
4: Enable test mode.
0: I'll tap here.
4: Raise to answer. More options, button, out of list.
0: Upon tapping or enabling the test mode, in the middle of our phone toward the bottom, there's a button for the test button.
4: Start test, button.
0: Start test. If I tap here.
4: End test. Test started.
0: I'll put it up against my ear.
4: Call pickup detected.
0: And it says call pickup detected, and sure enough, it did. And so it's working for me. And that's all that this entails. It's a very simplistic app. Again, it's REST to answer. And I hope you like REST to answer. And now that we're done with the test, which works, that button now becomes the end test.
4: End test button. Tap here. Test ended. Was the test successful? If not, you could send the test logs to the developer so she can help to figure out what went wrong. Report issue, button. And
0: there's report issue.
4: Close, button.
0: Oh, close. I'm going to tap on close.
4: Raise to answer. Start test, button.
0: And that's it. That's your race to answer. And that would be it, folks, for this beautiful new year, 2022. And Austin, how do people contact us?
1: There are many ways to contact us. They can visit us on the website, blindandroidusers.com. They can visit youtube.com slash blindandroidusers to listen to our podcast and sort segments of each episode. If you have questions, email them to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. This email ID also is valid. If you want to send us some of your submissions or demos of apps or whatever, you can send them. You can join our mailing list, Blind Android Users, plus subscribe at groups.io. The links for the Telegram, Twitter, and Clubhouse will be in the show notes. So that is it from us in this New Year's recording.
0: Thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. And that has been another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. As always, we appreciate hearing from you. You send those email messages to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. For those My Android Journey stories, we encourage you to send those to myandroidjourney at blindandroidusers.com. Until we see you in our next episode, you have a wonderful day.